Welcome to Breaking Ice and Building Bridges from Possibilities. I'm Kelly Johnson. And I'm Byron Jackson. Glad you're here. Connecting a community through conversation. Hello, this is Byron Jackson, and uh, I have some wonderful guests here today besides myself. I'm a wonderful guest myself, but you would get pretty bored just listening to me. So I have with me on my left, is this my left? Yes, it is my left. On my left, Bob Ross from Inasmuch Foundation and Gary Jones from Kip Charter School. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. And... Uh, Hopefully you have drank some alcohol because uh, it will make this a lot less painful for you. I always drink uh, before <laughs> 10 o'clock in the morning. So yes. uh, I, I will let you two have that. I don't do well with the drinking thing. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't either. I don't either, Gary. I, I quit a few, few decades ago. Well, welcome. I just, I mean, you guys are uh, very uh, helpful in our community and uh, making our community better and helping build people up. And I just uh, wanted to talk to a little bit about Bob and Gary, but just so people who don't know who you are, I have questions. Sure. Are you ready? I'm ready. This go for is it. it. Now, who would like to go first? We'll flip Gary. over. Oh, you want me to go yeah. first? Okay, Gary, you. so tell me uh, where you grew up and a little bit about your childhood. Oh, wow. So I grew up in Oklahoma City. I uh, started off in what we traditionally call back in the day Sandtown. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore, but it was south of the river. Uh, is For most folks that don't know the history of Oklahoma City, uh, it was a little segregated when I was growing up. So from there, we moved to northeast Oklahoma City, and it was a great childhood. Uh, I grew up in a community that was very loving, with a great family that was huge. Uh, after my third grade year, we moved to Spencer, Oklahoma. And I am a Star Spencer Bobcat graduate, very proud of that. Then went to school at OSU. So, yeah, that's kind of my little brief history. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, where do I begin? My, our family made the lane run of 1889, so I'm fourth generation. Uh, my great-granddad came in on the uh, Santa Fe train and started the Bakery of Indian Territory, where... The uh, Cox Convention Center is now, we call it the Prairie Surf Media. Uh, and uh, so we've been here since the land run. And I grew up, uh, so grew up in Oklahoma City, uh, went to uh, Bishop McGinnis High School, um, off to college in Virginia at Washington and Lee, uh, and then back to Oklahoma for uh, OU Law School. And I was uh, practiced uh, law uh, in, for a few years before I uh, left the, the firm to open up the office after Edith Kenny Gaylord passed away in, um, in 01. We opened up the office in 03. And so that's been my trajectory here since, uh, since uh, being born in Oklahoma City. Now, you said your grandfather had a bakery? Yes, he did. Now, do you bake? No, I don't. You don't? I can't bake. I'm not, I'm not a very good cook. But, and I don't know. I guess he was. Well, I've never tried. <laughs> the, the bakery's there no longer, so it's no longer. We have pictures. We have we have cool pictures of it, uh, and uh, they they tilted. You know, they had these kind of tilt up buildings that they bought on in the, from the Sears catalog, and so they could you could build your building really quickly, uh, and it came in on the train, and you sort of push it up within, gosh, just a thirty or sixty days after the lane run. You know, there was a 
There was a town with buildings. It was, it's pretty amazing. You know what's crazy about that is I am so glad you did that because my family is very proud, not as great as yours because we weren't part of the land run, but we came from Texas in a covered wagon and moved to an all-black town, which was then called Lincoln, which is now Clearview, Oklahoma. So when you said that about the land run and that history, I always forget that because that's kind of cool for us Oklahomans that were here before we became a state. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, it's part of our culture. Mm-hmm. And if you reflect about what the land run took, people came in, they ran in on one, one day, one afternoon at high noon and staked their claim and then had a, you know, had, had to pull their boots up and get to work. And, you know, no one was there to help you. And that's sort of our culture now is we get stuff done. We don't like outsiders. We like to fix problems. Now, I'm not going to say that, Bob. <laughs> we like, we, my point is we like to fix problems on our own. Thank you. Thank you. I, mean, I don't know where, yes. where, where you thought where you thought I was going with that, but we like to uh, come together as a community and fix yeah. problems on our own versus having some expert come in and tell us how to change our lives. Yeah, and I think it's that That's independent I mean. streak. Yeah, you're right, because our families came on a promise mm-hmm. that this was going to be a better life, and they weren't for sure because it wasn't established. And you're right, that independence and that uh, self-initiative has always played, and I think it is. It's part of that Oklahoma tr- uh, tradition. Part of our family. Which is a philosophy of possibilities also that people solve their problems from the inside out, that uh, we don't have somebody come do it for us. We learn to do it ourselves. All right, your next question. Wonderful plug-in for possibilities. That was great. That's what I try. I will do that often during this session. I thought that was well, well <laughs> Thank placed. You. Thank you. Segways all the way through here. Okay, is it for? Is it better... To be perfect and late are good and on time. Which would you choose? I am going to go with perfect and late. And it's a great story. I used to uh, be the Boy Scout leader Mm -hmm. of a troop out of KIPP. And I used to try to get there on time. But when I did that, everything that needed to happen didn't happen. So... Someone said, Mr. Jones, if you went and got the other stuff, would it matter if you were 15 minutes late? And I said, you're right. And he says, you would have to go get stuff. So I learned that I can be late, have everything ready to go. And if I'm 15 minutes late, but everything is set, we can go. But if I get there and everything is not, and then we're still trying to figure out how to make it work, we're still wasting time. So I'm a perfect Late guy, perfect and late. Yep, yeah, I'm um I'm good and on time. So check the boxes, get it turned in. Uh, it does. I don't suffer from making everything have to be perfect. <laughs> I I find I I I'm a good and on time, and I think the older I get, the more grace I give myself yeah. for being. Because I just realize I'm never gonna be perfect. Yeah. And, but that's okay. We think you're perfect. Well, you should talk to my staff, and they will they will set you straight on that. <laughs> okay, before I start asking questions, you know, just kind of talking about our work, what I was thinking that was interesting to me is that 70 years ago, the possibility of us three sitting down and having a conversation together like this would almost be impossible. 
just because of race and uh, the differences in race. And, you know, we talk a lot about, like, what's not working there, but I just think it's an amazing thing that we could all sit and have conversation and really that not even be, like, on the forefront of our conversation, but we actually are just able to sit at a table and talk and to look at, boy, how far that has come in a 70-year period. And so I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, it, it has. And I have really noticed it in my childhood. I was really too young to really notice uh, the segregation and the uh, issues of race when I was young. But I got the privilege, thanks to my family, uh, being one of the first uh, black families to move into Spencer, uh, which a lot of people are surprised when they say one of the first black families because Spencer is a predominantly black community now. And I've watched that evolution over time with the whole integration and us becoming a community where we're accepting and people of all races, cultures, and backgrounds are able to come together and work together to get things accomplished. And I just think it's really been wonderful to see that in my lifetime because that kind of change is very inspirational. Yeah. Well, I <clears throat> I love history. And so I think it's important for, um, you know, every generation to know where we came from and, yeah. and what obstacles were faced uh, previous to us. So we're not completely oblivious to it. And, and, and I think that's, it's great to talk about it and talk about the history and where we've come because we've come so far. Um, this, you know, my kids, this generation, you know, they don't, they don't see yeah. colors in people. They just see people. And so I think that's so, think about how far we've come, you know, just on that, the kids literally being just open to everything, you know, and, and it's not even, you know, it's not even something that crosses their mind, uh, but it is important to know the history so something so those type of things don't happen ever again. And we are mindful of of the of of you know what society was like previously, and uh, and and can you know understand what it was like, but also be grateful to where we are now. To where we are, yeah. I think so too. Just um, I think about my grandmother, like if. I could go back and say, okay, you know, one day this will happen, and uh, she wouldn't, she wouldn't believe it. She would go. Really? I mean, she would. Yeah. It would just be so far Sorry. off she the radar yeah. that uh, I mean, they at the time. I remember one time, like the blacks couldn't swim at this swimming pool in Lawton, Oklahoma, and so. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot of lot of. Change. There was an article in the paper this week or last week that there was a, a particular day that the black families could go to the zoo, for example. You know, and it, and I thought, wow. I thought, gosh, that is it. Just you can't even imagine what yeah. people were thinking. Yeah. Like yeah. what you know, think about all the time and energy that went into enforcing those rules and creating those rules. It just is. It's just mind numbing thinking how how much effort was spent doing that. That was what, you know. No, it is. And I think that what's really great about the fact that we have integrated our society so much is I think part of that challenge was people didn't know people from other races because of segregation. 
you just didn't relate or know. So you didn't get to see them as people that are part of your community as much as there's people that live over there and people that live over there and those are other people. And I just love the fact that we're integrated society and we can live and interact the way we do. And because of that, it just makes us such a strong community uh, because people that may have never, at least when we were kids, come together, come together without thinking about yeah, it. We're stronger together. I, I was going like to say that. the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, sh- I should for possibilities. I should write that down. Stronger together. Stronger together. <laughs> Neighbors in action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard those phrases. <laughs> so one of our values uh, is uh, dignity. And so I will ask you first, what does that word mean to you, to dignity? That's, I, I love that you have values. Uh, we just had a strategic uh, or we just had a uh, staff retreat and we talked about values. And I think that's so important to know at the core what the organization stands for. And I mean, dignity is about, to me, it's about respect, uh, respect, um, of others, respect of yourself and your family. Um, and it's, it's all about, you know, um, you know, that air that creating that sense of, of who you are and who your community is. It's just, it's a beautiful word. I love that as a value. Let's say for me, I found it is harder to, to, um, do today just because there's so much division and strife among people um, that it becomes very easy to make people my enemy just like on what they think versus treating them with dignity. And so it, it is a much harder. It, it is, is harder. It is harder for me uh, to. Well, and that's part of what you all at Possibilities can do. And, I mean, Gary and I have been working together for almost probably 20 years. I don't know, 15 years at least. 15. With our work at, at KIPP and the yeah. public schools. And, you know, we've seen it, it does feel like, you know, the country or the world has gotten more complicated in terms of how we interact with each other and how we talk about our problems. And, you know, I just hope that in, I mean, just in our neighborhoods and in our Oklahoma City, it's, it's our responsibility. Uh, Byron, Gary, it's our responsibility to make sure that, um, people treat one another in a dignified way and each other. And that means being able to sit down and talk about things that we disagree with and agree with, you know, and do that in a respectful and dignified way. And if you can't do that, then there's a problem. So we always have to push for that. And, you know, I think as long as all three of us are, you know, fighting for every kid in the community and fighting for every uh, family and, um, you know, mother and father and neighbor, I think we, we, we are doing what the best we can to make sure this this community doesn't become divisive and doesn't become splintered and and, and fractured. We can't. I feel like Oklahoma City has such a you know we 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 have such a bond and we're all put you know pushing on the on the in, in the same direction. We just have to continue that and you know it doesn't mean we're going to agree on every single item. You know people ask, well, how can you support that politician or how can you support that candidate or how could you support that election? Well, I'm not going to agree with every single thing someone believes, but we can find middle ground. We can find common ground and we can have conversations, you know, and 
that's what we have to stand up as leaders in the community. We've got to stand up and, and make sure that at least in this community, you can always come together and talk about those toughest to solve problems, those toughest um, to discuss issues facing our community. Wow. Thank you. That was well said, Bob. Yes, it was. Uh, I'm just sitting here like I'm inspired to go out and continue <laughs> to do the work. I mean, not that I wasn't motivated, but hearing you say that is, I think, so important because when you look at people across our community, I mean, Bobby, you're one of those persons that I think you kind of help set the standard. Not kind of, you help set the standards by the work you do. And anytime you are in as much as engaged in a program or a project, it's almost like a seal of approval that this is really going to benefit the community. So thank you for that because you built a great reputation as being someone that's focused and committed to doing what's in the best interest of our community. And that's why I love partnering and working with Inasmuch. Uh, that was why possibilities, we never thought top second thoughts about it when you said, I think this organization can help facilitate these town hall meetings that you guys need to have. And it was mainly because Bob Ross and Inasmuch, these people are people we think are really great and that in itself was all that we needed. And it has been a blessing. Uh, Byron and his team have done some wonderful things collaborating with us as Kip has transitioned over all these years. And it's just amazing how when you create an environment where people are able to come together, that when they do, magic happens. Magic, magic happens. Yeah. I just love, I mean, really, if you look at your title, in as much, in as much as how you treat the least of us. Right. And so just even in your title, looking at we're going to take care of everybody. Absolutely. And that was Edith Kenny Gaylord, founder of Inasmuch. She she came up with the name. And my dad tells the story because he was her, her lawyer. He was her brother's lawyer and he was her dad's lawyer. He helped the whole family since the 60s. Sure. But Edith said, well, I want to name my foundation Inasmuch Foundation. And dad just looked at her with, a, with like a blank stare. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. It's and very she said, unique. <laughs> she said, you don't know what that means. He's like, well— why don't you tell me what you're what you're talking about? <laughs> but um, in as much as you do it under the least of these, you do it under me, and it's oh, a beautiful. That's right. It, it is. is a beautiful mm -hmm. um, word, beautiful name. It's from. It's taken from the Bible yeah, in Matthew, right. um, the Gospel of Matthew. But you know, Edith really uh, believed in every single individual in the community. Wanted to focus on the most disadvantaged, the poorest families, and. And that's what we try to do. And Gary, that was so nice of you to say about um, our Inasmuch family and our brand. I, we really do strive to make sure we're a trusted source. And I think one of the th one of the key things is number one, I've got a great team, and and they do great work. And and um, we never come to a table with the answers. We come to try to help facilitate the direction and help come to a consensus. But I think that's I think that's sort of the what Edith imparted on me and the foundation mm -hmm. and our team is be there to help and support, but we're not going to have all the answers to solve all the issues. These are, too, these are issues that are, that are too big for one person, or one organization. Gary's done an amazing job at KIPP and I want to give yeah. you accolades. I mean, your leadership there at KIPP has been incredible and, and working with you on that public charter school has just been fabulous and seeing the, the, I mean, literally changing the direction of lives um, the trajectory of these kiddos. It's just unbelievable to watch um, how Kip has done that consistently over year after year. 
now decade after decade. I mean, it's just been amazing. And you're at the helm of that board, and I just um, am so appreciative of your leadership and what Kip has been able to do is really set an example of how you can impact a, a child's life and how you can change literally the direction their life takes. I mean, it's really um, empowering and powerful. And so for inasmuch to be able to just donate to Kip and help support you in any way, that's what we're here for. That's what EDA set us up to do. And so you're you're in the trenches doing the work. And, and so really the thanks go to you and the accolades go to you and the team at Kip. Thank you. I, you know, uh, because I was the scoutmaster of the troop and I was a parent. I actually put my daughter there because I believed in the KIPP mission. And what was great is that when KIPP was ready to go to this next level, as we expanded, you facilitated a conversation. And through that, I got to be the KIPP board chair. And it has been, like you said, a, a godsend watching these young people go on and do these great things that... I would have never thought possible for some of the students that we draw in at KIPP uh, has made my life not complete, but has made me feel like that God has put me on this planet. And I've done some great things because I see these kids living on, leaving a legacy through the little bit that I contributed. I was going to say that, yes, uh, plus you really have went against the stream. So the ideas that you came up with with KIPP is not the usual standard way that we think of education. That's true. And so you take you take punches for that. And um, so I applaud you just for standing in there and getting beat up. <laughs> My partner in getting beat up. <laughs> that we will always share. <laughs> well, and when we talk about education, can you imagine a more difficult topic to come around the table when people disagree? Yeah. And so it really, it really, um, it, it really highlights the need for that 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 ability to discuss issues you agree and disagree with your neighbor. You know, and education is is one of those um, really tough, sometimes very tough to have conversations about how you reform and how you make it better and yeah. what's not going right and what is going right. Our time is actually almost up. It goes very quickly. I, I wanted to say, Bob, thank you very much because without your support, uh, possibilities would not be here. And you have supported us in times when not everybody understood our mission. We are at a place now where we are actually exploding and people are really noticing uh, but there was a time that was not happening and yeah. without in as much support. Yeah. And so my last question to you guys, I'm going to give you in this homework. Well, it's not homework. I don't know what it is. So if you were doing a pitch to sell possibilities to a stranger, what would you say about possibilities? Oh, man. <clears throat> well, first of all, let me say, I, how long have y'all been around for? I know Lynn, Linda Lambert. Started in 96, and 96. I came in in okay. 99. So, I mean, one of the first organizations I was aware of was Possibilities because I, the first board I joined was Sunbeam Family Services. Mm -hmm. And Possibilities yeah. was very much, and Lin, Linda was on that board with me. And so Possibilities was always top of mind. And so what how I would sell it and um, and kind of, and I'm, the dignity value is so fabulous, but you're the grassroots organization making making uh, neighborhoods, streets, 
cul-de-sacs, three or four homes, you're starting at the grassroots, the ground level to anchor in our families. And that's what you all do. You anchor the families in. And if your street is strong, if your neighborhood is strong, if your town and city is strong, then your whole community is strong. And that is, that's possibilities to me. It's that anchor. Very nice job. It is. Okay, top that one, baby. Uh, I'm going to try. Uh, I like the word anchor, but I'm going to use the word engage. If you're really wanting a community that is wanting to engage and to pursue whatever possibilities that you are dreaming of, Possibilities is an organization that can help facilitate and support and making that happen. Because sometimes it's not that you need somebody to come in and tell you what to do. You need someone to come in and show you how to get there. And you guys are so good in sitting down, especially with groups I have been involved with, and showing you different ways of engaging and making those possibilities happen. So for me, it's engagement because you teach us how to engage with others in order to make those possibilities happen. Thank you. Thank you both for being here and um, just thank you very much. And thank you, Byron. Months. You're I'll, the best. I'll send you, you a bill. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We won't pay it. <laughs> This is Byron Jackson. You can probably get away with that, Bob. <laughs> I am out. I owe this guy too much. He will track you down. He will Fine. track you down. This is Byron Jackson. Adios. Connecting a community through conversation. Breaking Ice, Building Bridges is the Possibilities Community Podcast Platform. Thanks for tuning in.